our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it? Hello and welcome to episode 214 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon, and with me, as always, is Casey Brady. This week, we're going to take a look at Kong, Skull Island. We'll take a look at our top five movies with animals as the protagonist. We'll also look at, as always, what else we watched. And we'll discuss our last points. Correct. And, uh, yeah, we're back again. I don't know why I say that every time. Of course we're back again. It's been 213 episodes. Of course we're coming back. Until one day we just don't. But that day is not today. Today we're going to... tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a look at Kong. I don't know. Are you a big Kong fan? No, I... I uh... Never really got into the large kind of monster movies such as Godzilla or Kong, King Kong. Um, I just never was a big fan of them. Uh, I, I never saw what the thrill was. And when like Pacific Rim was coming out, everyone was like, oh, here's like a modern day version of all of this. And I just, I never care about these big animals. Do you? No, I'm kind of with you. I know it's like classic, like Hollywood's first, you know, epics were always the King Kong, the Godzilla. Well, I don't know. Godzilla was more of Japanese import, but at least my grandfather, when I was growing up, would always watch these old movies, and I could never get super into them, but at the same time, I don't hate them. Uh, I'd much prefer to just play the video game Rampage, though, than uh, than watch watch a monster movie. Most of the time. Have you ever played that game? I have not. Oh, wow. Yeah, when you are the monster and you're destroying buildings, it's much more fun. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so now, recently they had released a Kong movie directed by none other than... Jordan Vote Roberts. Oh, yeah, well, this one is. <laughs> Peter Jackson. But, uh, yeah, Peter Jackson. Um recently released a, a King Kong film, which received a decent amount of critical acclaim. Uh, had you seen it? Yeah, I love it. I love that movie, actually. For everything I just talked about, how I'm not super into monster movies, that's probably my favorite. Um, I am a big fan of that, despite Jack Black kind of being annoying a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that. I like Naomi Watts in that role, and I really thought... They did a great job with Kong himself and making him a, a sympathetic character. So now, why, why didn't they continue? Because uh, I know with this uh, Kong Skull Island, they have sequels in mind. Um, why, why didn't they make sequels for King Kong, Peter Jackson's version? Because I guess that was before the days of everything being a cinematic universe and having to be tied in. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was like... Like 2006 or something, 2005. Yeah, that's, that's 12 years ago. That's in the midst of it. Well, Iron Man didn't come out till 2008, and I feel like that's oh, really? when it really kind of... I guess it has been that long, though, hasn't it? 
Yeah, it doesn't feel that long. But uh, I think oh. the whole cinematic universe thing didn't really get started until like 2010 when Marvel really started to, like hinting at putting it all together. Mm. So yeah, I think it was just just missed that time period because I definitely think it made enough money and was critically received well enough that it could have. Yeah, yeah. Um I had actually have never I've never seen it. Uh Really? But I've heard such great things that I do want to watch it. When you said this uh, that we were reviewing Skull Island, I thought, "Oh, this is the sequel." Um oh, wow. I would never have thought they would make they would kind of like re uh refresh their version of it again after knowing that Peter Jackson did such a great job with it. So I thought it was a sequel and then you told me it wasn't. Um, yeah, I'm really so. surprised you haven't seen that because, I mean, that that movie, uh, I shed a tear at the end. It's, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much that holds up, but it was also the very first Xbox 360 video game I ever played. It was the King oh, Kong. Game yeah, of it. yeah. It wasn't bad, actually. Hmm. As far it as just doesn't feel that long ago that it was made. I guess it feels it pretty long ago to me. Uh, but anyway, so getting to Skull Island, um, what were your expectations? Had had you heard much about it? Uh, I uh, I was looking forward to it quite a bit. I know it was like a March release, but I mean, I thought the trailer looked great. I thought the special effects looked cool. I liked how. Kong looked, the scale of him, he was much bigger than he had been in the past, and it had a great cast, Brie Larson, our most recent, like, femme fatale that we're always talking about lately, uh, John C. Riley, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman, you know, pretty good cast, and, and then reviews started coming in, and they were pretty good too, so, yeah, I was definitely looking forward to this movie. Oh, really? Wow. Um... Yeah, I was, once again, I was the complete opposite. I I could have cared less. Uh, I probably would never have watched it if I didn't come back on this podcast. Really? And you wanted to review it. Yeah. Wow. It just, it, it really had no interest. Uh, it piqued no interest for me. Um, but then I did see the cast uh, when I looked it up, and I saw John Goodman was in it, and I thought, oh, you know what? I, I haven't seen John Goodman uh, in a good role for a long time, except as a voice actor. What about Ten Cloverfield Lane? Yeah, that was—he did a really good job in that. He did. The movie as a whole wasn't incredible uh, by any means. I liked it a lot. Did you? I mean, yeah. it was good. It was—it was good. And he—he—he he, he was very, very good. Um, but for the most part, he doesn't do like he hasn't had great roles. Whether it was in uh, well, Flight, which I know we did a couple of years ago. <laughs> One of our first when, reviews. What's that? One of our first reviews. Yeah, or Monuments Men. I didn't like him in that. Inside I Lewin just, Davis. Oh, Inside Lewin. I, I actually didn't like him too much in No, he Lewin wasn't Davis. great. The Gambler, he was not good in. Yeah. I mean, the movie's incredible, but him alone. I, I, so I... I I was hoping, you know what, maybe he's going to do something fantastic in here. And, um, did he? Uh, he was all right. Um, the movie as a whole, though, was, I thought, pretty atrocious. Really? Um, I really could not tell if this movie was a joke. 
uh, if it was purposely bad or it was just like everything fell apart. I mean, guaranteed, if I was watching this film, I would have turned it off within the first like seven minutes if I didn't have to watch the whole thing for for this. I'm shocked. Um, It was so bad. And at first I was thinking I should write down every little detail because like – there were so many things that were horrible. Um, first, the dialogue between John Goodman and his commanding officer, uh, or not his commanding officer, but the the, the senator uh, in the beginning and how he was trying to get approval to go on this mission. That was, oh, God. Not so much John Goodman, but just the dialogue was horrible. Yeah, that's true. There was no way any actor could possibly <laughs> say these lines the di- and make yeah. it seem realistic. Um, you have Tom Hiddleston, who was just once like so in the beginning. Mainly, it was the very bad writing um, that that was making this film terrible. Uh, that was the very beginning. Then you go into the film, and I would say it is more uh, probably the look of the film was pretty bad. Besides, you have Kong, who looked good, but just the the feel of the film was horrible i remember one time you have tom hiddleston uh looking in a pair of binoculars after this big attack happens and he does like a 360 looking for this monster (laughs) it was gigantic why does he have to do a 360 it's supposed to make it seem like intense but it's not it just ruins the moment um and then the the last half of the film is just like pure crappy character creation with uh samuel jackson who you can tell exactly what his motives are right from the beginning he has no creativity whatsoever um this film was just it was bad it was pretty bad okay i am very surprised uh you're gonna have to apologize to edgar chaput next time he comes on this podcast why is that he gave it a four and a half out of five on uh letterboxd he loved it. Oh my gosh! I thought I was going to be the guy came coming in a little low here, but now I got to defend it. <laughs> it had a seventy six percent Rotten Tomatoes, and I guess we should set it up a little bit. I mean, it is obviously a Kong King Kong movie, so basically, you know, he's gonna people are gonna come try to you know see what's going on with him. He's gonna wreck shop and. Yada, yada, yada. But IMDb has as a team of scientists explore an uncharted island in the Pacific, venturing into the domain of the mighty Kong and must fight to escape a primal Eden. There's other monsters as well. Like we said, Jordan Vogt Roberts directed The Kings of Summer, which was like my favorite coming of age movie that year. I think there was like three in a row that we reviewed that summer, I believe. And mm-hmm. that was my favorite one. And Shot. I perfectly it was great it was a great film yeah it was and i thought he did a pretty good job here um see i liked the movie i didn't love it not even close but i did like it enough i thought it was uh just a fun blockbuster you know uh you're right the script is terrible the dialogue is awful the character development is almost non-existent but i just thought it looked good. I, I liked the look of the movie. I liked the style, the obvious Apocalypse Now ripoff, but still 
kind of cool in its own right because it's going for this comic booky King Kong, you know, monster flick where it's just an excuse to get on an island and have humans versus monsters. And yeah, so, but that I think that well, that was one of the problems. Is the film didn't know what it wanted to be at first. It, I mean. It, and on one hand, you could say it's kind of campy. It does kind of rip off of um, Apocalypse Now, uh, or, or almost any of these Viet Cong films where you. I mean, that that theme song that just keeps playing over and over and over and over again is used in all of these Vietnam films, um, which is fine if that's the way it wants to go. But then the way the actors try try to read their lines, they try to make this film seem serious, which. You can't like it, it was a mesh of a whole bunch of different types of filmmaking that did not work at all together. Um, I mean, you have John C. Riley, who I love and I think he's hysterical. He comes in out of nowhere, uh, literally just out, like, out of <laughs> nowhere. You didn't see that coming with the guy in the beginning. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I mean, no, not really. I mean, especially. I mean, yeah, probably they were going to show up, no doubt about that, but not John C. Riley <laughs> coming and being this kind of kooky... Samurai warrior. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was funny. Absolutely. I laughed at some of his stuff. Yeah, he was funny. laugh out loud. He was, like, um, the only really good character. Yes. Uh, so that was fine, but it just didn't fit. Like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, you have Tom Hiddleston, who is playing it as serious as possible. Yeah, straight as an arrow, like, not interesting. And he does a good job if he was in any other film, but it's just like, come on. Yeah, this um, guy is, like, charismatic as hell as Loki, and then that is completely gone here. Yeah. Uh, and then you have John Goodman, who turns out to be kind of this evil prick. Uh, he, he was all right, but he just, like, eh, whatever. Didn't add anything to the film. I did like his death scene, though. It was okay. Um, some of the deaths, I, I, I will give you that. The death scenes in this film pretty are, creative are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, at first you have the first like 20, 30 minutes, maybe not 30 minutes, but 20 minutes is setting up the movie of, okay, we need to get to this island. Um, they get to the island and the helicopters are going and all of a sudden, boom, Kong appears, which is just like, wow. You did not expect that at yeah, all. And I like how a little bit. I like how um, soon he showed up. Yeah, that it was surprising. I thought, oh wow, you know what? This is going to change. This movie might be pretty good. I'm glad I stuck around for it. Of course, that didn't happen, but I did like it for that moment. I liked it um, that he appeared that early. That it was that savage. And then there are some deaths later on where other creatures come along, whether it's gigantic spiders or. Um, large bats or whatever it is uh there are some really cool deaths that happen yeah. but that's about all this film has but i liked the creature design i liked those like skeleton monsters and they looked so familiar and i want to say they're from and later tonight we're going to be doing a double episode of anime of an anime film uh those creatures with the skulls on their head looked really familiar from an anime, and I want to say Bleach, but I'm not 100% sure. It looked like they completely ripped that off, and then they, the the large moose or um, – uh, Yeah, that was it? cool. 
That was good. that looked like it was from like Princess Mononoke or something. Yeah. Like, it didn't look like yeah. The designs look cool, but it looked like they just ripped it off of other like all the designs off of other uh, movies and creations. That could be possible. So uh, that that kind of took it away from me, and maybe I'm wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. Um, but Kong but himself, it, though, like character design, I loved it. I love the size. I know it's only kind of it's convoluted because they just want to kind of even him up a little bit when they do the eventual Godzilla vs. King Kong uh, movie. So they needed to make him bigger. But I I thought it was effective. I thought the huge Kong was great. You really saw the sense of scale, in my opinion. Uh, I really loved just the way he moved and the characterization that they gave him. Like Much like uh, the Godzilla movie from a couple years ago, like... Whenever Kong was on screen, just like whenever Godzilla was on screen, that's when I was most interested in what was going on. 100%. However, I will say it looked like the size of Kong at first was he was gigantic, the size of uh, – he wouldn't even be able to, to get onto the Empire State Building. He was much larger than the Empire State Building, it looked like. Um, and then over, throughout the movie, it seemed like he was like shrinking a little <laughs> bit. Um, Every time I, you see him, he, he's kind of like smaller relative to the, the terrain, whereas in the beginning, I mean, he, I don't know how the helicopters didn't see him right off the bat because he stands above every tree um, and every mountain. You know, this was actually a uh, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes prequel. This is Caesar before he finally shrunk down to that size. That's what it is. <laughs> But I, I do agree. The only time that I really was like, okay, this is somewhat decent, is when Kong uh, was on the screen. Um, and I, I, the CGI for him looked pretty good. Um, was it incredible? No, not by any means. It wasn't a Life of Pi or, or something like that. True, true. But it was fine. I mean, for uh, for a creature that size, it looked good. Uh, and then the battles between Kong and other creatures looked looked good. I was I was pleased with it. I wasn't blown away, but I was pleased. I wasn't disappointed. My favorite part, as far as Kong goes, is like with the effects and all. I just love that scene. I think it's Brie Larson who is like, or it's one of. The, I think it's Brie Larson, but it's definitely one of the characters is like uh, by the a river, and Kong comes out of nowhere, stumbling through. After a battle, I think, and he kind of gets tangled up with this huge octopus, and he just like reaches into water, smashes him, and then rips his arm off and starts eating it. Yeah, I love that and, scene. And I do want to say earlier, I said that the the middle section, one of the biggest faults was the look of the film, and I do want to take that back um, because when I mean look of the film, I mean the cinematography. Uh, in certain aspects, was very very sketchy, but a scene like that, it actually it did look good. Um, but then other scenes and uh, other ways that they shot scenes was horrendous. Um, so I do want to make that clear: is that certain scenes, like the one you're describing, was very good. There's another one I thought, um, and of course where they used that the, the you know the that same old trope with that Viet, Viet, uh, Vietnam song. Uh, I can't think of what it's called, Rise but where Mavericks. they're walking throughout this grassy field and you see the footprints of Kong. Um, 
I thought that that looked pretty beautiful how 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 that was all played out. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, and Toby Kebbell, he, I think he did the motion capture for Kong, and he's he was also one of the soldiers in the movies. He also played um, the antagonist ape from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's he's pretty good at that. Um, you know, I mean, what's his face? Andy Serkis gets all the attention, but Toby Kebbell ain't no slouch. Yeah. Um, oh, his accent though in the film. Oh. God, Who's what was he Hiddleston's? trying to do? Toby Kimball, yeah. He was trying to do this like southern lazy oh, drawl yeah. that just was like, what? Come on. Are you <laughs> kidding? And they, and they kept on trying to add things to the movie that they would repeat, but it never really – like it always fell flat. Kind of like how, for instance, and I only think of it because you bring up uh, Kimball, how he had a, a son named Billy – and he would say, Dear Billy, as he's writing these letters. And all the other soldiers would say, Dear Billy, blah, blah, blah. And then something happens to Kebble, and the soldiers go, Dear Billy, your dad was one of the best. Like, what are you talking He was in the movie for not even, like, 20 seconds. Like, come <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, like, I don't, it was, like, it was just trying to be so many different things. And it just did not mesh well at all. Hmm. Um, See, it just, I can definitely understand where you're coming from. It just worked a little bit better for me. I uh, mean, I, I truly wish, and I, I mean, I get, I thought 100% we were going to both agree, just like, wow, this is a trash movie <laughs> no one should ever watch. And because of that, I didn't do this, but I was thinking, like, like I said earlier, there was like 100 different times I thought I should write this down as we're watching the movie because it's just so, so bad. Like, no film should ever do this. Um, and so many lines were so terrible. There's so many instances when this movie failed. And I wish I would have kept track of it, but I, I, in my mind, it's bad to, to not watch the film wholly. No, you, you're absolutely right, though. Like, the characters, the we, other than John C. Riley, his character I liked, but any every single but other character. But it was character, so stupid, though. It didn't make sense. He like, felt like he was out of another movie, but at least he was entertaining. He was. And yeah, every other character was one dimensional, uh, no depth, no real development. And But at the same time, that's kind of why they were there. They were there to be cannon fodder and most of them to get killed by Kong or other monsters. But so. the ones who weren't, though. Such as Samuel Brilliant. Jackson, yeah, uh, he wasn't there just to be, you know, fodder for Kong. He was or some supposed other to be monster. the one that got a rivalry with him, right? The only one that kind of still wanted to kill him, no matter what. Yeah, but it's like it was just so one-dimensional. Yeah. Right off the bat, he immediately, uh, like, almost says out loud, thinking out loud that he. Uh, he doesn't know what to do with himself if there's no war. That was basically the idea, right? And then he said, then he gets a call and says, "Hey, do you want to go on a, a geological mission?" Uh, and you just see this big smile on his face, and it's like, "Of course I do." Um, yeah. He's so one-dimensional. Yeah, it's true. It, and it, to to a fault, uh, because when he. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. So remember Kebble, uh, his character, I think it's Matheson or something like that. Or, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, 
It's, it's not Matheson, but it's really Someone close was to Matheson. that, I think. Um, his character's lost. There's a big mission to go out and find him. They find out that he's actually dead. And everyone's like, oh, okay, you know what? We can go back to the ship. We can leave the island. And, of course, Samuel Jackson's like, no, we're not leaving this island. We're going to keep going. Like, well, the mission's done. Why? Like, <laughs> there's just no reasoning, really. Uh, I mean, his reasoning is, okay, we got to kill Kong. But come on, you're not you're going to kill Kong with a, you know, AR-15 or whatever they have. Like, come on. Yeah. No, that's that's a fair uh, critique in my in my opinion. Well, let's give some love to our girl Brie Brie Larson. What did you think of her character? The I mean, the photographer. They had to have some reason for her to be there. Felt forced and. She's the only female character, and she really, again, does not have enough to really do here. That would, That's the biggest problem. Like, we just had all this long conversation, and she wasn't mentioned once. She didn't really do anything in this film. She had no real purpose except, as you said, to be a photographer, but then it really wasn't even that. Like, um, she took a couple pictures. Um, she definitely interacted with uh, Tom Hiddleston uh, a lot in this film. But it didn't add anything to the film. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame because much like uh, Free Fire, which we reviewed last week, I really just like Brie Larson's presence on screen. And I think she, I've seen her in the past. She's, she can be an incredible actress. And I, I'm always happy to see she's in a movie. But the last couple times it's been like wasted. She, isn't, she hasn't been able to shine, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, She's a she's a good actress. She just doesn't have the material. Just like most of these these actors in this film are pretty good. They just didn't have anything to work with. Yeah, agreed. And the last thing I wanted to ask you before we give our grade or our rating, what do you think? And this has been going on for a little bit now. This trend in Hollywood, where you know, an indie filmmaker makes one or two indie movies and then all of a sudden boom you're making the next star wars <laughs> or boom you're making jurassic world boom you're making kong skull island what do you think I, of this trend where they just grab up these cheap uh indie directors just getting started so they can force them to pretty much do whatever they say see i really like when an indie film director who is established takes on a big blockbuster yes. um, because a lot of times those indie filmmakers really add life to this big idea. Usually they have these small ideas and they add life to them mm -hmm. and they work out It's great. I, I love a lot of indie films um, more so than the blockbusters. But when you have a big idea and life inside of it, it's fantastic. Um, but, like you said, they're usually newbies. Usually they have one, two films. Um, and all of a sudden they're just given all this money and they don't really know how to effectively use this money. Um, and they kind of use the money in maybe not the best areas. Such so in this case, a lot of the money was probably spent on the, the actors and not much, not much else. Um, it's, it's, uh, well, a great example is Kevin Smith. And I know, uh, you're 
say, oh, he's just a crappy filmmaker no matter what. <laughs> um, but before, I mean, his earlier films were good. He was, a, he was, I thought of a decent to great uh, indie filmmaker, and he was allowed to do Cop Out, and it was a cop out. It was, <laughs> um, it was bad. It was bad, and I think it was he was just out of his element. He was asked to do too much with 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 resources that he just ne- didn't have the experience with, um, and I and I think I think that's a very big problem, and it's happening a lot. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand why they've all kind of thought to do this at the same time because maybe they think we can you know save some money here to put more towards the CGI and special effects. We can always we know this person is good at. The smaller stuff, we can always coach them up on, you know, how to shoot the action. And but I just feel like that it's been like five years, six years of this, and yeah, sometimes it can hit. Like I'm trying to think of an example, but none's leaping to mind. But I know there's been a few examples of this where it's actually worked out really well. But I think for the most part, you're really doing your film a disservice by having someone who's just not ready yet, and you're also doing that director a disservice because, you know, instead of honing their craft, taking the time to actually develop, you know, and and get to that level, they're kind of rushed to getting there. If they fail, then what? Are they going to have to go crawling back with no confidence or are they going to get another shot somewhere? My favorite type of director being like, if you look at it from like a... a a baseball prospect if directors were baseball prospect my favorite type of development is like uh ryan johnson where yeah he has ambitious ideas and but he slowly each movie gets a little bit more ambitious a little bit you know more out there or denny villeneuve who each time he he comes out with a movie it's like a step up and a step up and now he's got blade runner sequel and he's like he's ready to be a triple a director okay uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, I feel like kind of like Jeff Nichols is going in that direction as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's starting to go, he's taking baby steps, uh, and I'm fine with that because I love pretty much everything that he does. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, you know, first starting out with like shotgun stories and now, uh, not too long ago he had Matthew McConaughey in mud and now he's kind of doing a bigger, more, uh, not mainstream film, but it's a little bit more well known to people with Midnight Special, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. Oh, did you see Midnight Special? Um, I did. Yes. Did you like I it? Did. I actually, I did like it. I didn't love it, same, but I, I did really like it. I heard, if I remember, you didn't like it, did you? I liked it. I'm much like you. I liked it, but not as much as other stuff. I mean. For me, you can't get much better than Take Shelter. That was just and Mud, both of them. For me, are oh, like, even yeah, Mud. Um, but, I actually want to go back and watch Shotgun Shotgun Stories. I remember that was the first film, one of the first uh, films that you had me watch. Yeah, I um, loved it. I love it, and I hated. It. I thought, oh god, it was terrible. But did you see Loving that he did? It was like the Oscar. Uh, I I have not. That's really good. He did a good job with that. I would what check about, it out. Uh, in the Radiant City. I'm looking at his stuff right now. I think that's one coming up. Uh, it says 2016. Oh, I don't know what that Oh, is. he didn't direct it. He, uh, 
I don't know what he did. Oh, he's a producer. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, I would check out Loving. If I think that's kind of more, that's him going for like the Oscar Beatty stuff, but definitely his style at the same time. Okay, I'll definitely have to take a look. I'm going to watch it. Just uh, yeah. You know, what would you, what would you give Kong Skull Island? I can't wait to hear this. Uh, I'm going to give it a five and a half. Uh, a heavy five and a half. Very light six. Okay, that's better than I thought you were going to say. Uh, I'll give it a solid 7 out of 10. I enjoyed the movie. has a ton of flaws, but I could easily see myself just putting this on FX in the background. You, know. you would not. Come on. You'll never watch this again. No, I will never sit down to purposely watch it, but I could easily see putting it on just like if people are over and no, got to put something on no TV. Way. Oh, yeah. No, I'd rather have silence. <laughs> well, the Martin Scorsese movie? It's yeah. not really appropriate for like parties or anything, but all right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> top five movies with animals as a main character or protagonist. Yeah. Yes, so I'm going to guess that you possibly went with the cop out of Disney films. No, nope, canceled them. Disqualified. No Lion King. No Fantastic Mr. Fox. No American Tale. I, I would have been okay if you would have did Fantastic Mr. Fox. I got rid of the, like you said, or like uh, Kevin Smith would say, the cop-outs. Uh, you know, because there's all those Disney-style animated movies, or Zootopia, that's just too easy. Yeah, I, I was going to do them because I, I couldn't come up with a great list, to be honest. Uh and so I was like, oh, okay, you got The Lion King, you got this, you got that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Finding Nemo. But then I thought, you know what, let me, let me try a little bit harder. Yeah, I mean, I can understand if someone wanted to make this list and include them. But I went more of like a, it doesn't have to be live action or like actual animals, but just more, not just straight animated film. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, and uh, that's what I did. I decided not to do that. So. <clears throat> yeah, I had a lot of nostalgia. I ha actually have, I had some stuff to pick from. Nothing like amazing, but definitely yeah, some nostalgia my, all, tuned here. All of all of mine is nostalgic picks, pretty much, uh, except for my number five, which is Life of Pi. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm guessing that's somewhere on your list, right? Um, uh, honorable <laughs> mention. Oh, really? It's not on your list? Wow. I um, uh, forgot about it until just now. Honorable mention. <laughs> really? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That is a great pick, though. I Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pick it. Because um, I really like that movie quite a bit. Yeah, it's a really good film, and it's more than, I mean, it's better than most of my list. The other ones on my list kind of just, I probably enjoyed a little bit more, even though they're worse films, uh, some of them by far. Yeah. Life of Pi is a very, very solid film. Looks Gorgeous. Looks great. I mean, and that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Life of Pi had it been 2012. 2012? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm guessing. I think so. And, if you, and that's the last five years ago, and yet it, it looks better than most films that we have today. Oh, yeah, that movie um, is beautiful. And the lion that, that's on the boat, who is the, the, the protagonist, or one of them, mm -hmm. um, is great. Looks like, wow. Just incredible, and you can look at it on like 720 um, and 720, and still think it looks amazing. Um, 
it just uh, it was a great film. I liked it. I, I I don't think I loved it anywhere near as much as you did, uh, but it still has such great redeeming qualities. Yeah, it might have been my number one or two if I would have thought of it. I, I'm I'm surprised. So, all right. Now that I'm all upset at myself that I didn't think of that, I'll give you my number five, Babe. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I remember when I think I said it last time when like I think Robert Redford's in the movie and I just couldn't think of any of uh, any of his other films. <laughs> yeah, and I picked that. That's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a good movie actually. Uh, I've rewatched it not that recently, but. At least since it came out. I liked it as a kid, and it is like the Charlotte's Web of our, not, I wouldn't say our day, but of its day. Um, I like the guy uh, that plays the, like, the old farmer guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty solid movie as far as talking animal farm movies go. And... Uh, even Babe Two, A Pig in the City, not not a terrible movie either. Um, I never saw Babe Two. <laughs> it's directed by the same guy that did Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Huh. The more you know. I might have to take a look at it. Probably not, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't uh, worry too much about it. I was trying to think of who it's uh, James Cromwell is. The, yes, that's who it is. Yeah. Gosh, he's in so much stuff; it's insane. Yeah, it's a shame he died last year. Wow! 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 All right, my number four is Mouse Hunt. Have you, have you, have you ever seen it? Uh, yeah, it's like Home Alone, but instead of a kid, it's a mouse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I don't know how. I mean, maybe maybe people don't like it. It doesn't sound like you are the biggest fan. But I watched it as a kid a hundred times. It seems like, um, oh, I loved it. Um, especially the two main actors who, uh, you know, are going crazy trying to catch this mouse, and they destroy the house that they have bought. Um, trying to get rid of this mouse yet they destroy it um i don't know it's just a very nostalgic pick like i said in the beginning i like That's the great. movie i like the movie it's fun you know as a kid i've only seen it like once or twice so i don't have the nostalgia factor for it but i, I don't it's not a bad movie i wouldn't well, i'm not laughing at you or anything like that no you can i don't know how people receive it but i, I just loved it as a kid loved it cool uh, my number four is a movie I loved as a kid and actually rewatched it a couple of years ago and still was quite fond of it. It's the, the original Beethoven movie. Really? Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. I like the whole family dynamic. I love, I love the main guy who was also in Midnight Run. Uh, I'm looking up his name now. I really like that actor. I wish he would be in, in more things. Uh, obviously he's a lot older now, but... Charles Grodin is the guy. He's a very good comedic actor, in my opinion. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Beethoven was good. It was fine. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't think it would ever hold up even slightly. But I, most of those dog films like Air Bud and all that. No, right? it's way better than Air Bud. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's better. But, I mean, I doubt it holds up. It holds up. Mouse Hunt would hold up. <laughs> it holds up pretty well. There's a very cartoonish evil scientist villain. Oh, it's it's good stuff. Mm, I doubt it. <laughs> What's next for you? My number three is a film that 100% holds up. And the main reason why I picked it is because of John Goodman. Arachnophobia. You're saying that's animal protagonists? The spiders. All <laughs> the spiders. It's one big thing of spiders. <laughs> that's a reach, but I do like the movie. I don't say that. I think that's a reach. I mean, yeah, it's not just one spider. It's a whole bunch, but... You're you think, you're my number two then. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, uh, are you rooting for the spiders? Oh, I was yes, <laughs> of course. No, that's a solid pick. I mean, is if it's if it if it qualifies, it's pretty good. I mean, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was like twelve. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, I hate going in the basement. If I ever see a web, I freak out. I hate it. <laughs> um, and you, and now that you say that, does it count? Because what I have for my list is just <laughs> top five movies with animals. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, not even that the spiders are animals, but, <laughs> you know. Animals, insects, it's all the same. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, John Goodman, I loved him. He's the exterminator, and the way he, he's introduced, and he comes up, and he just, like, the, the music playing in the background, and he's like steps on one of the bugs and spits and he's like ah it's great i love it all right (laughs) on that note uh my number three is another dog movie one i've brought up somewhat recently on here i believe it's old yeller oh my god one of the most depressing movies are you kidding me are you like seriously these this is a really good movie like did you? Could you just not think of any? If hey, I disqualified all the good stuff. Uh, Old Yeller is solid though. It's like if Lassie got shot at the end. This is I like this ending is like the mist, except there was no like irony to it. I, I mean, it's just so boring. You really thought this was? This is easily like the best of the. You know, low-key, good old boy dog movies. <laughs> that's, a, that's a job. Ah. I don't know. I haven't seen it in like 20 years, but I just remember it was like the first movie where I was like, what the heck is going on? And like, why would they, you can't kill that damn dog. It's why I never want to have a dog. Because, because you're you're scared you're going to have to shoot it? <laughs> No, just scared. <laughs> I don't want to have to lose that dog eventually when, you know, it's time to euthanize. Anyway, hmm. what's your number two? I'm going to hate it. What is it? My number two is The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah, again, I don't know if the protagonist, but hey, it's a good movie. Hey, the Birds are one of like They're the part of being the main characters. They're like antagonists. All right. Well, anyway, um... 
the birds uh, probably my number two or my number three favorite Hitchcock uh, Hitchcock film Um, it made me very scared of birds for a while Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, just when they're they're, they're inside their house trying to keep these birds out um, it's a great 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 film that everyone should see Um, it would be it would be a very big disservice to yourself if you've never seen the birds. Um, it's a black and white film, but don't let that turn you off. I know a lot of people don't like black and white films. It's just, oh, God. If you like a horror film that is not modern day, you should watch this. Yeah, surprisingly effective for a, uh, a horror movie about birds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it works way better than it has any right to, strictly from Hitchcock's filmmaking abilities. Alright, my number two. It's another dog movie. It's uh, Tom Hanks and his buddy Hooch, Turner and Hooch. Oh my god. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, this like, was like ultimate nostalgia But it's like... Me. Just I don't let, know. Let me see. I don't like your list at all. <laughs> all right. I whenever I would go over to my aunt's house growing up, I would always she'd have all these, you know, VHSs I could pick out and every single time I would pick Turner and Hooch. I watched this is the, like your mouse hunt for me. Like I watched this movie at least 50 times growing up. And Tom Hanks, lovable old Tommy playing a police officer who kind of adopts this big dog hooch and their little you know it's like a buddy cop movie but the buddy is a dog how can you get any better than that Uh, there's a lot of ways yeah this list sucks what's next for me and once again he's more of the antagonist than the protagonist uh jaws all right yeah i didn't qualify that but look Mine's just top five movies with animals. Yeah, look. So, I, no, I no. Mean, there's not much. I mean, we should have been more clear. Well, yeah. But you we, were clear. I just didn't follow your <laughs> No, no. We've never been super strict about these lists. It's always been, well, I know. feel like we've always had kind of the same mentality, though. Yeah, it happens. I mean. And I, I should have I kept the protagonist. Um, I'll give you that. I mean, at least we both didn't add really animated films, which I'm happy Yeah, about. I'm glad we were on the same page there. But no, I mean, as, as far as I've always been concerned, I would never tell anyone their lists are, like, invalid. I mean, you make of it you what can. you can. All right, it's invalid. I'm telling you, you're... you're well, actually, I don't know, because I, I didn't try to make a list like yours. So... Yeah. Maybe yours is the best that you can come up with. It was the best I could come up with. Jaws is obviously an amazing movie, though. Yeah. Now... Did you disqualify Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, yes. You would. Because, well, now that, now that you bring it up, it probably would have been my number one if it qualified. Uh, I don't know. Look. Yeah, I didn't know if it did or I, not. Yeah, it so was... I, I, I left it out. But, it, I mean, I almost... I feel like you can include it. Yeah, I can see that more than the other ones. But, I mean, it's... Man, because I do love that movie. And I recently rewatched it and loved it every bit as much. It holds up, doesn't it? It really holds up. I, 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 I watched it 
probably a year ago because I remember you loved it so much and I watched it and I liked it. But I just remember as a kid going, oh, it's kind of like Space Jam. Of course, everyone loves Space I Jam. Honest, so, I um, honestly think it's better now than it was back then. It could be. I think because of all the innuendos and like the yeah. kind of like the, the winks that they, they do, the nudges. Yeah, you catch more when you're not 10. But um, yeah. yeah, that's a great, That's that would have been a great pick. But alas, I did not include it. Uh, my number one is a more recent movie and it does not include a dog. It includes a raccoon. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, okay. I'll give you Yeah. I mean, talking raccoon, you know, smart-ass, wise-cracking, butt-kicking. I don't know why I didn't think of it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a, that's a good pick. Yes, good. I got one. That's, it is good. It's good. <laughs> yes. Better I mean, than I would say he's no. more of a side character. I mean, he's one of the guardians of the galaxy. And he's clearly uh, yeah, the fan favorite. Nah, he's my least favorite out of all of them. For real? Probably not Groot is. I hate Groot. <laughs> I don't know why you, people like him. You like Gamora better than Rack, Rocket? Nah, I don't know. Probably. I think I like Gamora. I mean, I like Gamora. Don't get me wrong, but Rocket is... He's the man. I don't know. I think I like Gamora better. But Groot, Groot's the worst. Until Baby Groot came along. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yeah. Ooh. It's not as good as the original, but... Still of course it can't be. Very, Guardians was very, so very like, good, though. surprising that it, it couldn't recapture that magic again. Yeah, it just didn't have that element of catching you off guard with how good it is. But it's still really good. Can't wait to review it in a, in a few weeks. So, Any honorable mentions? Nope. None? Wow. Mine was Who Frames Roger, Roger Rabbit. And then the reason why it was an honorable mention is I didn't want to... I didn't know if I could count it or not, so... Okay, I got five. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> free Willy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible film. Yeah, probably, but nostalgia. Uh, another one, Homeward Bound. Okay, I can see that. Sea Biscuit. Oh, you love Seabiscuit. <laughs> that was the one I I am shocked that you didn't have on your list because that immediately popped in my head and I thought, ugh, Bob's going to have that. <laughs> I almost did. Um, Paddington from a few years ago. Surprisingly Paddington. good kids movie. Paddington. Paddington Bear, yes. Okay. Um, and The Jungle Book from last year. Oh. Which was a little close to animated even yeah, though, I would never have picked that. Yeah. You can't even admit these films exist. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's my honorable right. mentions. What else have you been watching? Uh, so I watched two things. Uh, I'll mention the first is I watched season two of Catastrophe. Okay. Uh, definitely not as good as season one. Yep. Uh, but it's good. Um, I like it. Not love it like you guys, but it's okay. I enjoyed myself. You gonna watch the third season? Uh, yeah, just because I made it this far. Yeah, you might as well. And what else? The other thing I watched was Man vs. Snake, <laughs> the long and twisted tale of Nibbler. It is another Playland documentary. Kind of goes uh, 
it basically documents um, this guy, and I have no idea what his name is, and I feel bad for that. But uh, back Snake in like nineteen eighty something, he was the first arcade player to ever hit a billion points on an arcade machine, and it was on Nibbler, which Nibbler was the only arcade machine that could allow a billion points. Um, but he was by far the best player in the world. Got the billion points, was in the record book, and now it's like 30-some years later, finds out that there's this guy who actually kind of has his record and had the record like a year after him. Uh, and so this entire time he thought he had it, but he didn't. Uh, and so he embarks on this mission to reclaim his his record and his title as the best nibbler player. And this guy has... I mean, he's probably close to 380 pounds. And to get a billion points, you really have to be in good shape because it's like a 40-hour marathon. You have to stay up for like 40 hours straight to get a billion points. Uh, And so for this guy who's really out of shape, he's going to have a hard time. And you kind of go with him on this path of can he do it? Um, It's pretty incredible, to be honest. I mean – I watched it with uh, my brothers. I'd already seen it before, but they wanted to watch it, uh, which was surprising. And they watched it, of course, they were making fun of it and blah, blah, blah. But no one who who's never done a marathon would ever realize how unbelievably hard it is to try to do something for 40 hours straight like that. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, feel-good story, it sounds like. With the, I mean, that takes a lot of dedication yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as like, documentaries go, is it a great documentary? I think it's pretty decent. I, I mean, I would give it uh, just, like, being completely unbiased because I, I really enjoy these video game documentaries. Um, if I didn't really enjoy them, I would say it's probably a 7.5 out of 10. Um, it's definitely a decent watch. I, I, I think a lot of people would like it. There are certain ones, like, I you know, King of Kong, which I think is the best documentary I've ever seen. Um, and you even had it as your number one. Um, yeah. Which I'm very proud of. Uh, it's and, nowhere near as good as that, but it's because it doesn't have that villain in it. Um, there is some characters, and actually that guy does show up. Uh, Billy. Billy Mitchell does show <laughs> up in this. <laughs> I feel like he always is showing up in any video like, documentary. And just in the back of your mind, you're like, he's this evil prick. Like, whatever he's saying, you cannot trust him. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but it's, it's a good documentary. I, I mean, I would recommend it to certain viewers. And it's very fitting that King of Kong gets brought up on the King Kong episode. Oh, yeah. So, yep. had to be done. All right, I watch. I'm not going to go into it much at all, since we'll probably be reviewing it not too long from now. But I watched Alien Covenant. Ooh. And I'll just say I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's right alongside uh, Prometheus as far as quality goes. So I can see why you know a lot of people don't like Prometheus. They were really disappointed by it, whereas I enjoyed it a pretty decent amount. I didn't love it, but I thought it was a really good sci-fi movie, and I feel pretty much the same here. I actually think I liked it a little bit better than Prometheus. I mean, do you typically like the entire alien world all the alien films all right well i'll say the original is in like my top 10 or 15 movies of all time i think at 100% least, agree. at least That's, top 20 
that when people talk about cinema being art, and I, I believe cinema one hundred percent is art, that is one of the showcases yes. of cinema. So like I, I would, sh- I mean, it's up there with two thousand one, a space odyssey, and yeah, and you know uh, what is it, uh, Tree of Life, and right, um, yeah, those think- are films that I would I would show to someone to say this is art. I agree, and so I, I love the first one, Aliens, the James Cameron sequel. I'm not as high on it as a lot of people are. A lot of people say it's better than the original. Yeah, I no. think it's a really fun action movie. It's probably the second best in the franchise. But, you know, I don't lo- love it, love it. It's really good. Um, Alien 3 mm, doesn't do much for me. Resurrection's pretty darn bad. Uh, and I, I liked Prometheus and I like this. So I mean, I guess overall... What about Alien vs. Predator? Oh, those movies didn't do a lot for me, but I watched them. I mean, so I guess I am interested in this franchise more than I would have thought, but I I would put Alien franchise ahead of Terminator franchise. For sure. That's a good comparison. I don't know. That's that's a hard one. Yeah. I, like, I would say, yeah, Alien has to be above Terminator. Just say, all right, say what? all you know is, okay, there's a new Alien movie. You don't know the cast, the director, what it's about, anything. Just there's a new Alien movie and a new Terminator movie coming out the same same time. Which one are you going to see? I'll go see the Alien movie. I probably won't see the Alien film only because I've been burned way too many times. I, I Most of the Alien films are horrible. Um, so I'd probably watch Terminator, even though the newer Terminator sucks. We already reviewed the latest Alien movie a couple weeks ago with Life. With what? Life. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm talking about the Alien franchise. I know. I was trying to say it was a ripoff of the the original. Oh, oh, but, uh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm no. Sorry. Uh, I, sorry. Way <laughs> over my head. Yeah, Covenant's good. I'm looking forward to talking about it uh, down the line. And I also watched. The new Netflix series, I watched first half. It's ten episodes. I watched first five. Ozark. Oh, yeah. How is it? I hear it's actually good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's being advertised, at least basically what I've been hearing, how I was introduced to it was someone said it's Breaking Bad in reverse. So basically, the show starts off, it's Jason Bateman. For, in a, I mean, he's funny in the show. and He's an awesome character. He does a really good job. But he's... More of a serious role here. Well, he's still he's, funny, but... He's he, one of my favorite actors of modern times right now. I love him. He does. He's great at that understated, like, deadpan yeah. uh, I comedy. Mean, just like Bad Words. I, I know that was a film that people love, like, really liked, and then have forgotten about it, but I still like I think about it, a, not a lot, but, you know, every once in a while I think, man, he was so good in Bad Words. <laughs> Every morning when you wake up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, he's great in this show. But he plays this like um, accountant slash financial consultant who, and this is no spoilers, this is literally like the first 20 minutes of the show, who is in deep with the cartel, the like the uh, Mexican cartel, I guess. The accountant? Is Ben Affleck showing up? or <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and it's him and his like business partners are all in with this cartel, and what you find out like right away is they've been skimming off the top 
from him. Like they've been stealing money from the cartel, and and the guy, fi- the main guy of the cartel, finds out and kills all of them except for Jason Bateman, who convinces him to that he knows this place in the Ozarks where he can clean more money for him than uh, ever before, and all this stuff. Just saying whatever he can to not get him and his family killed. And they kind of go along with him just to see see if he's telling the truth, give him a chance to to prove it out. And Laura Linney plays his wife, who is cheating on him. Like, the, the show starts off and he's talking to a client. As he gets an email with a video, he pushes play on the video, and it's his wife getting railed from behind, cheating on him. And uh, he has two kids, and they go to the Ozarks, and they have to, despite him knowing that his wife cheated on him, and they have to make it work because it's a life or death situation. And I guess the reason people are saying it's Breaking Bad in reverse because you're starting out in the thick of it, like season four level of you know Walter White inside the the drug trade or you know laundering money and all this, and he's basically trying to find a way to appease the cartel and also kind of get out of that lifestyle at the same time. Searching for a way out, as opposed to like Breaking Bad and getting more, more and more into it. Would you say it's on quality, like on level with a lot of the other Netflix? Yeah, um, it's definitely good. It's definitely qual. It has top ten of the year potential. As far as I mean, I want to finish the season. I'm only halfway through. I could see it being in like the seven to ten range of my year end top ten of TV. Hmm. Potentially, I mean, it's been a really good year for TV too. So that's that would be pretty good. I'd be happy with that. It's a really like Jason Bateman directed the first two episodes, and the first two episodes are the best two episodes that uh, that I've seen of the five. I mean, it's still good, but it's kind of more settled in now. Whereas he really does a great job behind the camera of setting the tone of the show and. And, uh, yeah, I think he's got real potential as a director. But like I said, it's all about Jason Bateman's character. Whenever his character is on screen, I'm riveted and loving it. And Laura Linney's really good as well. When it gets to more, the side characters are the weakest part for me right now. There's, like, this hillbilly family at the place where they moved to. And there's some cliches going on there. And it's not as interesting. And the cops kind of following him. And... That stuff is not as good, but anything with the the main couple is really, really good. Yeah, I think he's just such an underrated actor. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, that's all I've been watching. So let's awesome. get into our final thoughts. So my last point. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure why I really thought of this one. It doesn't really go with the episode at all. Um, but I was thinking... If you could pick any comic book hero, which one would you want to see a movie um, that's based upon that that hero that hasn't been done yet? That had yeah, that hasn't been done. You go first. Uh, mine easily is Gambit. Um, I think we had this discussion whether it was on a podcast a long time ago or or off the air. Um, I love Gambit. Gambit is one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, he's just so cool. He's the coolest X Men. I loved him, and of course, he, I heard that uh, recently they were saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna make it." 
actually. We're going to have a Gambit film, which shocked me because Gambit's not that big of a character. Not that many people really think of Gambit when they think of comic book heroes. Um, but Channing Tatum was going to play him, right? Well, I still think he is, actually. Yeah, that's... Uh, You're going to um, get your wish. Well, well, for this, because, I, I mean, I, well, I, immediately I picked Gambit, and I was like, well, let me see, I mean, what's happening with the film, and, and Channing Tatum did say that it's been delayed um, a long time, but that's because it, I, I think they're rewriting the scripts, and um, which could be a good thing. It, they, they're taking their time with it, maybe. I don't know. But... Uh, he is easily the best X-Men character, if not the best comic book character. So Okay. Um, that's not a best bad pick. That's the one Marvel film I will be waiting for. Well, that's like a Fox film. I know what you mean. Like, I, yeah, I know. I, I like all the X-Men. Yeah. I, like I like Fox. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a mainstream. I definitely I have a pick that's a little off the beaten path. Uh, as far as mainstream, I will get into that. Uh, but as far as mainstream goes, I want to see the Fantastic Four done right. It I want the Fantastic Four back at Marvel, and I want that to. I really think that movie has so much potential, and it is yet to be even close to reached. I mean. The Incredibles is basically Fantastic Four, and true, yeah, true. we don't need to see anything else. Yeah, I just really think if Marvel got a hold of that property, it would be I don't incredible. think they could do a good live action version. I do. I think it would be very, very hard to have them as the centerpiece of the film. I just strongly disagree. Well, I and when I get I mean, in, box office shows that I'm right. So, well, know. yeah, well, you have like a, a 90, 90s uh, cartoon. Well, Kitty adaptation uh, from the the original run of it, and then you have like the complete garbage that was this reboot a couple years ago. Uh, it's not, you know, what's there to really? What are they going to do? They can't do much. I mean, you can look at the X Men and say, okay, look, X Men is so successful, and yet they have all those powers. So why can't they show all the powers of the Fantastic Four? Well, the main powers of the Fantastic Four is you have. Um, What's his name? Richardson or Richard? <laughs> Reed uh, Richards. Yeah, Richards. Um, he's unbelievably intelligent. I mean, that's the comic book. I mean, that's not his only power. Obviously, he stretches, which that would look terrible uh, on on film. But really, the, the best thing about him is how intelligent he is. Um, and you're not going to really show that in a comic book film. It's not going to go over well. I've and like got... I said. The then having his arm stretch and blah, 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 it's not going to go well. Come on. I've got the perfect solution to your box office problem. All right. Avengers Infinity War Part 2. Boom. Introduce them there. One of the, That'll be one of the biggest movies of all time. Ooh, tank. You want to tank the, the <laughs> biggest film of the year? All right. <laughs> you would have to at least introduce them, combining them with, like, Kind of like they did with Spider-Man with the Iron Man involved. Like, I think you'd have to do something like that. But it, it would make sense to do that because Fantastic Four have always worked with other heroes. Even though they're their own team, they've always teamed up a lot with other guys. Because they're not good enough on their own. Oh. Suck. I'm not even the biggest Fantastic Four, like, fans. Like, you're not <laughs> hurting my feelings, but... 
<laughs> I just think the potential is there. Like Galactus. I mean, I know they've done Galactus, Silver Surfer, Doctor Dream all before, but those are like some great villains, and they they've ruined them so far. But uh, the, my real pick is this Vertigo comic, which is a subsidiary of DC, where it's like R-rated comic books. You know, they they don't censor themselves; they allow them to just you know do whatever they want. But it's owned by DC. Uh, it's this comic called The Boys. And I would love to see a movie adaptation of this this book. When I was reading comics, which actually, I'm super back into comics again. Uh, but anyway, uh, The Boys, when I was really into reading comics like 10 years ago, I was, I was picking this up every week. I caught up when it was reading it. It's this, basically a realistic take of what would happen if, you know, superpowered people existed in the world. And it's... This team of, they're kind of like villains slash anti-heroes where, you know, they're not superheroes, but they're hired to, by the government to take out the, the actual villains. And there is, like, the, the villains themselves, like, they have these supervillain meetups where they're, like, doing drugs and banging hookers and... It just gets really R-rated, where Deadpool wished it would, you know, go. And the boys come in, and it's violent and gory, and I don't know. It's a really well-done book. I think Grant Morrison wrote it. He also did some of the X-Men comics back in the day. Uh, I think it would work really well, as especially now that these R-rated uh, comic book movies are coming out. Now, do you feel the comics, I mean... Uh do you feel comics are getting better over time or are they getting worse? Um, if you look at like Stan Lee back in the day writing, uh, is that better than what is being produced today or worse? It's definitely not as popular. Um, I think, I mean, it depends on the writer. I mean, it's like amazing Spider-Man right now, which I'm up to date now. I'm completely up to date with it. The guy, Dan Slott, who has been writing it for, I want to say, uh, at least right when I stopped reading them he was just coming on as Spider-Man writer and he's been writing it ever since he's not the best writer like his stuff is kind of juvenile uh, it doesn't really work for me but then Brian Michael Bendis I think is a fantastic writer Ed Brubaker great writer like it just depends on the writer I think overall it's better but you're finding as far as the main Marvel DC stuff that's not where you're going to find the best writing most of the time. You're going to have to go to the Vertigos or to the Dark Horse, the the more off the beaten path comics, the indie comics, where they're not confined to the code, where, you know, no smoking cigarettes, no cussing, no, you know, can't, can't show anything. It's basically P, everything is PG rated, maybe PG-13 in Marvel and DC, which... Yeah, with a good writer like Bendis and, and stuff like that, you can still do a really effective job. But, uh, yeah, and at the same time, I probably thought it was better when I was younger because I was younger and I didn't really understand the nuances and all that. But, mm. I don't know. I think overall, over time with anything, as you learn from past works, uh, things are going to get better. Okay. 
But my final point of the episode is kind of related to yours. Um, in a way, I wanted to talk about San Diego Comic-Con 2017. Okay. Have you followed any of the stuff coming out of there this year? No, no. Not, not at all? Uh, really, once I left the podcast, I kind of just left looking at anything that deals um, with movies, to be honest. Uh, I'm slowly getting back into it, but now, I mean, when you talked about the Emmys, uh, obviously that deals with television, but uh, I didn't even know the Emmys were starting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just have been so out of this world. Um, Fantastic Four? No. Uh <laughs> Uh, so, no, I, I don't know anything that All is right. happening. Well, let me catch you up to speed. Now, I'm not going to talk about, like, everything. I'm going to hit the big stuff. Uh, actually, speaking of Fantastic Four, Fox did have some news. There's some news trickled out about that universe and what they're going to try to do to revive it. Um, actually, one that I'm really excited for is a Doctor Doom movie uh, being created by Noah Hawley, who created the Fargo television series for FX and the Legion television television series for FX. Both really good quality stuff. And I'm actually reading Infamous Iron Man right now, which is a story that I'm loving where in after uh, Civil War Part 2 in the Marvel Universe, uh, Tony Stark dies. He puts his consciousness into... The computer system that talks to him. I forget what it's called. Um, and Dr. Doom, Victor Von Doom, becomes Iron Man. And it's a really cool story. Um, really dark. It's just, it's again, it's Brian Michael Bendis. It's really well written. And I think that Dr. Doom is a really, really interesting character. And uh, I'm interested to see what Noah Hawley can do. With him as uh, the protagonist, or at least the main character, anti-hero, I'm guessing, if he's the main guy. What do you think of that? I mean, when when we first saw the Fantastic Four a long time ago, Doctor Doom was the only kind of somewhat decent part. Um, so I think if a Fantastic Four film is going to work at all, it would have to center around one of their villains, and probably their best villain is Doctor Doom. Um now, would you want to kind of see like the an origin story of Doctor Doom? No, or just thanks. kind of like he's already in it as being a badass that's just wrecking crap up. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, I don't. We don't need another origin story for Doctor Doom. Kind of like the Spider Man movie. You don't need another origin story. I think in the comics he's way more interesting. Where he's like a king. He's the king of Latveria. I think you can start the movie that way he's just an established king and maybe he's not like a super villain yet or anything like that but no i think he needs to be we don't need to spend half of a movie building up a character that we've seen built up twice before i mean i actually really like the idea and suicide suicide squad tried to do it of course they didn't do a great job but of kind of focusing on the villains i think that's what we all like. Um, the heroes, who cares about the heroes? I mean, don't we all want to see the heroes lose? Like, am I, Is it just me? Um, I want to <laughs> see the villains. They are the main parts. When you talk about the, some of the greatest uh, 
like acting of all time, it's villains. I mean, you have Heath Ledger as the Joker, or you have um, Anthony Hopkins as the, as Hannibal. Um, some of the best acting ever is based upon uh, those those actors being a villain in the film. So I don't care if it's Doctor Doom or the Joker or um, I don't know the Hawk or not the Hawk, but uh, uh, what's the, what's the uh, the villain in the, the Spider Man? Um, Doctor Octopus. No, 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 no. The newest one. Oh, Vulture. Vulture. There you go. I was, I was thinking Hawk. Vulture. Um, I don't care who it is. I like the villains more than the heroes. So gotcha. Movies that center around the villains, I would like to see. The cool thing about Doctor Doom is he's a guy who he doesn't think he's a villain. He thinks you know he's the protagonist of his own story. So that's why I think it could work. So I'm interested in that. And they also said they're going to try another Fantastic Four movie. But it's going to be <laughs> centered on Reed and Sue's son, Franklin Richards, and be more of a kid-oriented movie. Really? I mean, Franklin Richard is like a, a well, omega-level mutant, right? Um, right, yeah. He can go to the negative like zone. Not, he goes between dimensions. And, yeah, he's like, a, he's like the fourth strongest character in the Marvel universe. Yeah, but he's like eight years old or whatever. Yeah, there's only a couple of people... That could beat him. Um, yeah. Do we really want to see another Superman like that? I mean, I do not want to. See, I, that to me, I mean, look, I'll give anything a chance, but that to me does not sound interesting. No, I, I'll pass it on. Doesn't that. it? Doesn't unless you really, really nerf his powers, but then you're not being true to the material, and then yeah, what's the point? Well, let's get to the big guns. Marvel Studios. They had a lot to talk about at Comic Con. Uh, they showed another trailer for Thor Ragnarok, which is only, what, August, September, uh, four months away now. Um, I think it looks amazing. Have you seen anything about it? No, people have talked to me about it, and I, I know, like, uh, World Breaker Hawk and all of that, where he's on a different planet, and, uh, you know, he's a, a gladiator uh, kept prisoner, and, and he eventually uh, fights Thor, and I'm told... That's what it seems like it's going to be. Um, that's what the, the first trailer or first teaser was, was that you see the Hawk as a gladiator and he walks out as Thor is chained up. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing that's the storyline they're, they're following. Uh, well, it would only make sense. I won't give anything away from the second trailer because it does get a little bit more into the story. But I was not – like Thor 1 and Thor 2 – are two of my three least favorite MCU movies. Uh, I don't hate them, but they're really kind of middle of the road, ho-hum, least interesting for me. Uh, but at the same time, this movie looks incredible because Taika Watiti, the director, who comes from a comedic background, he did Hunt for the Wilder People and uh, what we did in the shadows or whatever that vampire comedy movie was a couple years ago that me and Joel loved. Uh, he's you can tell he's bringing that comedic flair to the movie. I just love the way it looks. It looks really colorful. I love the idea of Hawk and Thor teaming up. Um, Kate Blanchett looks like a great villain. Uh, she looks really cool. And I think it, the movie's only going to be an hour and 40 minutes, so it's going to be like, get in, get out, do its thing. 
And uh, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be hilarious and great action and a great lead into uh, Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll 100% go watch it, but as I've made it clear, Marvel's just, ah, eh, it's whatever. Um, well, what I'm just if, not invested in the universe whatsoever. What about Black Panther, though? This movie, uh, movie's coming out in February. They showed a little bit more at Comic-Con. I think it looks great again. I, I know it's like I'm a Marvel fanboy or whatever, but I legitimately think this stuff looks great. The, the whole world seems to be Marvel fanboys now. Uh, DC is being left in the dust for we'll, right now, we'll as talk we about discussed them. last time. Um, yeah, sure, Black Panther, okay. Uh, I liked them in um, Civil War, but... I just, I just think Marvel is knocking it out of the park. They're not, not perfect. No. no, they're not they're, perfect. They're getting but, a, a ground rule double or whatever you want to call it. I don't know any baseball term. <laughs> but they're not hitting it out of the park. Just DC is – Warner Bros. Brothers is just – they're bunting every single every single time after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the only reason why they're losing. Yeah. Well, they also shared Captain Marvel. First look at Captain Marvel. Uh, Brie- oh my God, Captain Marvel is one of the worst characters. Ever. No, this is, I'm excited for this. Brie Larson is playing Captain Marvel, and she looks great in the role. She looks really fits the part. Really, uh, Captain Marvel is kind of a big character in the comics now. I mean, she leads an Avengers team. Uh, Carol Danvers. She's a, a great character and. It's actually it's going to be set in the '90s, where, and it's going to have Nick Fury in it, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury pre eye patch. So I, we might find out how he loses his eye. Um, when did when did it become a, a a woman as Captain Marvel? You might be thinking of the DC character Mister Marvel, like the Shazamish guy, really cheesy. I am okay. No, this That's is DC. The, I think so, or maybe there was his a name's different Captain Marvel, or maybe there was a different Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers took the role. But no, I, I, it's not that cheesy character. Uh, but it's going to be set in the nineties. It's going to have Nick Fury pre eye patch, and it's the villain is going to be the Skrulls, which I don't know if you know who they are. No, a really iconic villain in the Marvel universe. Villains, they're uh, a race of aliens. With green skin, they're really a Fantastic Four villain mainly, and they can shapeshift to appear to be other people, other things, and they can even like shapeshift to imitate powers and imitate other heroes. And it's they're a really interesting uh, group of villains. I think the Super Scroll. I think will probably be the main bad guy, and I'm I'm really excited for it. I, I like Brie Larson. I like when Marvel goes galactic, like in Guardians of the Galaxy, so looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. The concept for, uh, concept art looked great. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it does look... Actually, no, her costume, in, at least in this one, looks so bad. Really? <laughs> huh. well. <laughs> yeah, I think it looks bad. But... Anyway, capping off Marvel was Infinity War. You know, the big... It's actually next summer, which is kind of crazy. The big uh, 
big team up where all of the characters that we've ever seen are going to get together in the same movie to battle Thanos, which has been teased for so long. And we finally got our, I didn't actually see the trailer because they never released it online, but you got a trailer with Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, the original Avengers, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, you know, everybody. And then Josh Brolin as Thanos, like... This is the big one. This is like the culmination of everything they've been building for 10 years. Um, I'm excited, but I'm actually looking more forward to the smaller movies like Thor, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel more for some reason. But I'm sure once the time comes and it's like the biggest movie ever, uh, I'll be all about it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I can really I appreciate is... Uh, this is the guy who's kind of behind it all, like Kevin Feige, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, for him to have planned this all out, uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, I don't know what his role is exactly. I know he, he's producer and that he's primarily the main, uh, you know, thought uh, or think tank yeah. behind the progression of these films and how how they're being uh, released. I think he does uh, the, like the broad concepts and then works with the directors individually to kind of, you know, but tighten it I, up. I really admire that he is able to have created this plan and then executed it. And it has been this successful. Um, it's pretty amazing to be able to yeah. do that. I mean, a lot of times you just have uh, a director that's kind of singled, uh, on this on one film, or you might have a writer who's done a trilogy, but this guy, Feige, has done – he's thought of like these 16 movies and how they're going to be um, spread out throughout the you know the decade or so. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of the people that do things wrong, let's talk about DC. All right. Uh, they didn't really show as much as people thought, I don't think. Um, what do they have to show? Basically, yeah, <laughs> true. They showed a new trailer for Justice League, which comes out. Uh, before the end of the year, I thought the trailer looked like shit. Um, it looked like more of the same. It looked like Batman vs Superman just continuing. I don't understand the 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 world building here. It, it's ugly, uh, dull. I don't like the character designs and just Zack Snyder's vision of the DC universe is just not doing it for me. They did kind of focus in a little bit more on Wonder Woman, which is predictable after its success this summer. Uh, but I don't even know if she can save this. Uh, I think it's going to... I mean, obviously it's going to make money, but I think it's going to be another critical bomb. 100%. It's going to make money. They're going to be able to keep making these films. Of course. But it will be... Um, it will be a bomb. And I did look up... Because uh, I've been looking. Captain Marvel and Shazam were the exact same character. So and it is a DC. Well, Captain um, Marvel's Marvel and Shazam is DC. Well, it says Captain Marvel, also known as Shazam. Well, may, okay, maybe is a fictional superhero appearing in DC comics. They must both have a character named Captain Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Um, and I've heard of rumors that, or not rumors. I just saw a news story on like Slashville, but. Uh, that uh, Zack Snyder is going to be phased out of the creative direction moving forward. Is he going to be – well, is – I mean, 
obviously there was a very large tragedy in his life. Um, is think, that the reason why? I think that combined with just the negative publicity on his movies that he's directed in this universe and then the, the success of Wonder Woman, I think they want to go more for the tone of Wonder Woman going forward. And actually that's the other thing I have from them is they showed a little bit more of the new Flash movie coming out. I want to say it's next year. Uh, it's called Flashpoint, which is a comic book storyline that almost kind of reboots reboots like the, the world that Flash lives in. So I think this could be like how they try to get around that. Uh, uh, I, I do like Flash. I mean, Flash is one of is a, is a great superhero. I think he uh, he's super boring, just like every other DC character. No, you don't. Oh, he does. Uh, wow, he runs fast. No, 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 but that's the thing that he runs so fast uh, that he obviously can travel back in time, uh, like most people who travel fast. <laughs> uh, but he can he can phase through walls. Um, I mean, could you imagine a Quicksilver solo movie? No, because Quicksilver is a ripoff of Flash, and you got to have the real thing to make it. <laughs> all right, all right. So, you know. Ugh, Flash sucks. Superman sucks. No. The on, only you know. good DC characters are Batman, uh, Green Arrow, and Green Lantern. I actually don't like the Green Arrow. I mean, Wonder Woman in the comics is boring, too, but at least I really liked her movie. So, Anyway, the only other thing things I wanted to mention real quick was they showed a Westworld Season 2 trailer which I thought looked great. I'm really excited to see the way they ended Season 1 it opens up Season 2 to so many ways they could go. It has tons of potential. I could also see it kind of not living up to it but there's so much potential in that and the trailer they showed kind of got me hyped up for the to show to return next year. Uh, they showed a trailer for Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg's adaptation of oh, that novel. I hear it looks incredible. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, uh, you saw the the Iron Giant uh, was yeah. there in live mm-hmm. action. That was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. I, is that what is that what we talked about not too long ago with uh, what animated film yeah, would we yeah. like to see? Yeah, I guess they listened and they turned around real quick. You're that influential. <laughs> yes. This, uh, this world. <laughs> There's news of a Spawn reboot in the works. Did you like the original Spawn? <laughs> no, no. You didn't? No, no. No. <laughs> I loved the comic book as a kid, but the movie? No. Jesus. It's, the, the movie's nice and campy now. Like you, Very, you can, very if you, campy. If you watch it now, you'll, you'll laugh. It's like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> don't make fun of Mortal Kombat, please. Uh, don't cross that line. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I was talking to you about it, but I rewatched Annihilation. Was that with you? No. No. Oh, my God. It, it, is, it could seriously be the worst movie ever made. That's the sequel, right? Yeah, the second one. Oh, that's with Jax. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that one. Um, but the original one, come on. I mean, Nostalgia factor, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, you know, it holds up every little bit. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. we got another episode to record. So, uh, yeah, catch us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at The Red Box Report. I'm on Twitter at The Oriole Report. And as always, 
Have a great day.